Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. Jesus, right? <laughs> He's so good. Um, what's the first thing I want to say? That was really awesome, uh, that testimony, Johnny. But I do want to share something for the house. Um, I've really been feeling this in my spirit, and the Lord reminded me of it as I was sitting there. But there is a big growth spurt coming to this house, and I'm not, I don't mean numbers. I'm not talking about more people in the seat. Like, I mean, like you guys, I, I feel like there's this growth that's going to happen over the next, like, 12 months, you know, that a lot of us are not even going to recognize who we were today then. I just feel that so much in my spirit. Like, there's a growth spurt. And so if you want to grab onto that and just believe it, you know, trust it, because he wants to grow us, and he's always allowing us to go through things where we can trust him more, where he can cut away things, where he can plant new things within us. And so, more Lord. Um, more Lord. But yeah, Jesus. He is the treasure in the field. He truly is. Uh, but, you know, so are we. I was thinking about that a second ago. I was thinking, like, I was like, Lord, yes, like the kingdom of God is like a, a treasure hidden in a field. But it, it's him. He is the kingdom, you know, and he is the treasure. But then as like I'm saying it and thanking it to him, I just feel like he's saying it and thanking it to us, you know, like, hey, you're the treasure. And I did buy the whole field. And so he's good. <laughs> um, sorry, sometimes it's hard to take off um, or get started. But so over the past couple of weeks, the Lord's been really speaking to me a lot about character and like the way we carry ourselves and like who we who we are. And so um, I want to start off by saying character in the kingdom and outside of the kingdom is very important. It's very important who we are. It's not just important on the earth, but it's important to the Lord, the way we carry ourselves and, and who we are. And um, so our character matters. And there's a lot of uh, things that kind of indicate our character or kind of prerequisites to kind of form our character, such as like experiences or our belief systems. Character is fruit of desires and, and where our faith is. You know, our, our character is made up of all these things that are kind of going on underneath the surface, right? And so our character will always prove where our gaze is at and what we believe. And so you're going to hear me say a lot about belief system tonight because I truly believe that our character and who we are is always rooted in what we truly believe, whether we say it or not. There was a time in my life, <laughs> um, early on, probably like the first, I've been saved, like born again, about 11 years now. I would say probably this first, the, la or the first six to seven years, so the majority of the time I've been saved, I was so bound by fear. There was no way I would have ever gotten up here and ministered. I would have never talked in front of a room full of people. I was very, you can ask my husband, I was so bound for like, more than half of as long as I've been saved. Um, and the Lord has, uh, I'll testify, he's dr drastically delivered me. Um, as you can see, now I'm up here posing for the <laughs> camera. But um, there was, my character was rooted in lies 
of being of feeling inadequate, believing that I was the least important person in the room or the least um, qualified person in the room. So I never wanted to be behind the mic or on the stage. And it's so funny how God works because I would I would constantly get these prophetic words that, yep, you're going to be a speaker. You're, <laughs> you're going to, uh, you're going to, God's going to give you a platform and a mic. And every time I'd be like, no, Lord, <laughs> I don't want that. Like, I don't want to stand in front of people and talk. Like, that was not like, so I was, but it wasn't rooted in desire. It was rooting in this belief system of, Lord, I can't do that. So I'm just going to say I don't want it. You know what I'm saying? So my character backed, was, was backed up by lies. Right. It, it proved the way I carried myself and the way I operated proved that I was listening to the voice of the enemy. Right. Because that's not who God's called me to be. He's not called me to be bound by fear or, or hidden behind, you know, a wall, not wanting to be seen. And so now now I, now y'all probably think I'm <laughs> I don't shut up. <laughs> but <laughs> glory to God. Right. <laughs> He's so good because now I'm living from a place of truth despite what anybody else in the room thinks, you know, or, 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 or what I may have used to think, now I'm able to live from this root system, this belief system, and God, you've called me to do this, and I, Karen, might not be adequate to do this, but you are, and you're in me, you know, and so Jesus's character was righteousness, it was doing the will of the Father in season and out, despite understanding, right? Because, Lord, let your will be done, not mine. Jesus did what was right in the Father's sight all the time, every time. The Bible tells us that he is our righteousness because our own righteousness is what? A filthy rags, right? So he, had, he came and he presented himself as our righteousness so that the Father would accept this. So if we examine our character, we can see if our faith is truly truly in Christ. If we believe that he is our righteousness, righteousness, then there should be fruit in our character, right? Like now I'm, I'm able to, to live out from this place of, okay, Lord, I can't do this, but you can. So I'll hold the mic, but you're going to have to do it, you know? So now my faith is in him. Um, so when we live from a place of understanding that, Lord, you are my righteousness, then when we mess up, our response, rather than being rooted in shame or condemnation, now it's in praise, right? Because if it, if it was like, Lord, uh, like, I messed up, so, oh, woe is me. Like, I'm shameful, I'm terrible, condemnation, head down, I'm not good enough. But when it's like, okay, Jesus, you've already paid the price, so I may have messed up, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you because... I'm not getting stoned. I'm, 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 I'm made right before the Father anyways. And so there's this fruit that shows if I truly believe that Christ is my righteousness, right? Because a lot of times, and I know this definitely for me early on, whenever I would mess up or the enemy would just convince me I messed up, I, would be, I wouldn't spend time with the Lord, you know, like that would like shut the door to the secret place. Like I can't go approach, I can't pr approach the Lord, you know, I messed up and he, he knows it and I'm, I'm not worthy to come ask for forgiveness for the same thing 20 times, you know, instead of putting my, my faith in the righteousness of Christ, like, okay, well, I may have messed up <laughs> a little too many times, but he doesn't see me. He sees, he sees my advocate, you know, he sees the blood of Jesus. 
And so righteousness should always or does always go hand in hand with praise. And that's why worship, worship, where's Pastor David? I'm talking about worship. <laughs> oh, there's Pastor Marissa's here. That's why worship reveals our true identity. Why? Because our, our identity is in Christ, in our righteousness. Isaiah 16, or 61.10 says, I will rejoice in the Lord. My soul will be joyful in God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation he has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself in jewels I love how in this like the response to his righteousness was Lord I'm going to praise you because you've clothed me in this right standing with you but he also likens it to a bridegroom and a bride now, something cool is if you look up those words, bridegroom and bride, bridegroom in this passage means to act as a priest, whereas the bride in this passage means to be complete. And so this shows us that responding with praise to his righteousness is not only the proper response, but it also it's likened to priesthood and completion. Right. So when we are coming from a place of, Lord, I praise you for for, for, for or I worship you because you are worthy. You are my righteousness. I'm not good enough, Jesus, but you made me approachable to the father. I'm literally operating in priesthood and my complete identity in Christ. Isn't that cool? Come on, Jesus. That's so good. And I feel like this is something like the body we have to get it drilled in our heads you know like we have we have to get this (laughs) we have to get this we need that revelation of like lord in every season i am made right like you are always approachable i'm always able to come boldly this is a place that we can live from and i you know i mean that's victory honestly something pastor jessica and i will talk about often is um is I know a lot of, since we're adults in here, I know y'all probably, un- y'all kind of know what I'm saying when, like, growing up, if you didn't grow up in church, and or maybe you did, but I know for me personally, there's a lot of mindsets and strongholds that I have to, I have to war through a lot of the times, whether it be generational, whether it be religious, just uh, filters in my way of thinking where I'm like, well, Lord, that's very religious of me to think of that that way, or Maybe it's from family experiences, you know, like a lot of people who struggle with rejection. If something happens, it could trigger it, and you're, you're thinking through a filter of rejection. Anybody know Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, me and Pastor Jessica, since she's our children's pastor, we, we talk about a lot. Like, what if we can start kind of setting these kingdom strongholds in the minds of our kids to where whenever they grow up and they're thinking it's not filtered by lies, but it's filtered through truth, you know? Like, imagine what the bride will look like when our kids are our age or at their age, but their, their, their root system, their belief system is so founded in truth that lies can't stand a chance, right? Like, that is a powerful bride. Like, it's being filtered through truth, every thought, you know? And it's like, as soon as they hear a lie, it's like, well, nope, that, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not coming out, you know? And um, I believe that's how it's supposed to be, you know? I think that's why a lot of us have to really go, <laughs> a lot of us have to really war against some generational curses because we have to 
set up our kids to where our ceiling is their floor, right? And to where they're not battling the same things. That's a whole other, I could go on a tangent with that, but uh, God's so good. But righteous character, it displays the nature of Christ. I want to share a story that Jesus shared in Matthew 22. Whenever I was praying about, um, the Lord was really speaking to me about character, being on his heart, the character of the bride. I was like, well, Lord, show me this in the word. Like, show, give me something to back this up because I just kept hearing, like, character. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, are you talking about my character? And he probably was. <laughs> but because uh, there's, pl- there's always room for improvement in the kingdom. You know, we'll never, we'll never arrive, and that makes it, makes it fun, I guess. <laughs> makes it fun for a good father, you know. He's always able to lead his children. But um, this is what Jesus is telling them. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and they went their own ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about, heard about, I'm so sorry. When the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out armies, destroy those murderers, and burn up their cities. He then said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go to the highways, and as many as you can invite, you can find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out to the highways and gathered together all who they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in and saw the guests, he saw a man sitting there who did not have on a wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how, how did you come here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. And so y'all are probably wondering how this has anything to do with character. But when the Lord led me here, I, I really felt it in my heart, like in my spirit. I was like, okay, Lord, there's something here. And so I began to research and study wedding customs in like the new testament times and in that culture and in this time and in this culture it was custom for the host of the wedding to provide everyone who was coming to the to the wedding feast a garment and they all wore a plain simple robe nothing fancy about it nothing that stood out about it but everyone wore the same one that way everyone there despite their ranking despite their uh level of um like whether they're rich or poor, no matter what, everybody was looked at as equal, okay? And so for this individual to show up to the wedding feast that he was invited to, but he was not wearing the proper, like, the garments, that was like a big disgrace to the host. Because, I mean, the host actually gave of himself. He paid for the robe. He, he made it so that, hey, I'm giving you this, and you're not, you're not showing up. Like, this cost me something, and you're not even putting it on. So for this in- individual to not be wearing this robe, it was a, a huge dishonor. He made it easy for the, the individual to come and be a part of the feast, but 
he was not willing to put on what was provided. And so Jesus is telling us in this story that the invitations have been sent. You're invited. You're wanted. You are valued. You are able to attend this feast. All you have to do is put on this garment. We must clothe ourselves in his righteousness. Right? (laughs) We need to be clothing ourselves in this wedding garment. This garment that was so costly to the king, right? It was so costly to him, but for us it cost us nothing. All we had to do was show up and celebrate, but be willing to wear it, right? And that's a daily thing. Like we have to be daily willing to put on the new nature, to put on the righteousness of Christ, this new character that separates us from the world, right? Revelations 19.8. It says, and I heard as it, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, the sounds of many waters and the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God om- omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. The righteous acts of the saints, our righteous character, the things we do, the things, the people we allow God to, like, who we allow him to make us into, you know, our true identity. We are literally, when we operate in our, our identity, our priesthood, our completion, we are as one clothing the bride in her righteous robe, in her righteous gown. And just a side note, I thought this was so cool, but at the beginning of that, it says, uh, John is saying, this, he's, he's, it's the angel he's talking to, but John said, he heard a gr- the voice of a great multitude, the sound of many waters, and the sound of mighty thunderings. If you remember in Psalms, it talks about the voice of the Lord sounding like thunder and sounding like the vo- he has the voice of many waters. And in heaven, this multitude of worshiping, whether it be the angels, the elders, the cloud of witnesses, I don't know, it, it doesn't say right here, but there's a, one, a oneness, a sound in the heaven that sounds like the, the voice of the Father because that's what it likens his voice to. And so that just, that, that's awesome. God's so good. But it's our righteous character, the righteous acts of the saints that are arraying the bride in her gown. <laughs> and we all know how this ends. Like all of this, it ends with a wedding. A beautiful, glorious celebration <laughs> of the bride and the bridegroom. And here we see in Revelations that she has made herself ready. She has clothed herself with righteousness. And it says, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper. I'm sorry, sometimes I do weird things with my hands. (laughs) Who are are called to the marriage supper, supper. For many are called, but few are chosen. Like Pastor David was saying whenever we uh, were transitioning, you know, we have a choice. We have many are called, few are chosen. 
And I don't believe it's like, I'm going to call all these and I'm going to choose. No, because if you go back to that story where, it, where he says many are called, few are chosen, he's saying that many are invited, but only few are willing to make the choice to clothe themselves in the righteousness of Christ. To put on that wedding garment, you know, that's, that was paid for, that was provided for. And so we have to make this daily choice each and every day, put on the bridal garment to put on the righteousness of Christ so that it covers us. And then live from a place of believing the truth of who Jesus is and who, who we are. Because righteousness is the character of Christ. And so I want to encourage everyone. I'm done. It was, and I'm sorry if that was so short, but that's all he gave me. And I just want to encourage you guys to... Uh, like when you're alone with the Lord this week, like ask him, like, Lord, like, like reveal my character to me. Show me areas where maybe my character does not display the righteousness of Christ. You know, show me mindsets. Am I believing anything that that is making my mind not like your mind? You know, or where my belief system may be rooted in something other than you, you know, because he'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> Sometimes it's bittersweet because we'll ask him to do something like that. Because we're like, yes, he'll do it. And then you're like, oh, Lord, why, why are you showing me that? I don't want to see that about myself. <laughs> but he's so good, right? He's so faithful. And he is our righteousness. It's because of him, it's only because of him, can we approach the Father. Right? It's the only reason. Only reason. And, and, and not only do we have the opportunity in this beautifully divine ability to come as close to the Father, but we can come as close as we want, you know? Like, he, he doesn't withhold himself from us. And so it's like, Lord, I want to be chosen. I want to be, the, I want to show up in the bridal garment every single day because you paid such a price for it. Like, such a price. And so, you guys are awesome. I feel like this probably wasn't even for you guys because y'all carry yourselves so well, you know. I feel like the Lord is proud of each and every one of you guys. Like, he loves you. Like, he sees himself when he looks at you. And so I honor you guys, and I just thank y'all for letting me share this with y'all. Love y'all.